this is Ergo. I'm excited to be here. We're back from hiatus. I know the streets have been missing us. <laughs> Kiss, how's it feel to know the streets is missing you? Oh, I mean, people just keep coming up to me and being like, Daniel, like, you, we missed you, but really, we were wondering where Damon was because we just, we were lost without his knowledge for a week, you know? And I had to say, well, Damon was busy traveling internationally, doing big things in fancy places. And uh, we're back here on WHBK 88.5, Ergo Radio. Dot com showcasing strong young voices from Chicago and beyond. Real quick before we get to our guest, how was uh how was your trip? What were you up to? Oh uh, man, it was cool. It was my birthday actually. Uh and my sister, the uh brilliant world renowned Christiana Ray Cologne, um had the premiere of her second show in London. Well not her second show, but for the second time she had a play of hers premiere in London. Um so I was out there and I was watching all the previews and I saw opening night. Um, and I just got to, you know, experience a city outside of America for the first time and then celebrate turning 23. So it was uh, it was an exciting trip. My mom came out and we had a real good time. So I'm still kind of jet lagged. I'm uh, on a six hour difference, but I'm so happy to be home. So happy to be back with you, brother. Absolutely. And I am happy to be back here on Ergo because we have a special guest um, who's been doing big things in the city uh, for a while now. Uh, we got Drew here from Instrumental. What's up, man? Peace, peace. What's going on, man? Nothing much, good man. Good to be here. Good to, good to have you here. Did you uh, did you have to go through the apocalyptic high park parking uh, to get up here? <laughs> How was yeah. that? How was your day going the, getting the park, to the studio? The parking situation was a, a bit intense today, uh, but, you know, I made it uh, in time. I actually reside in high park. I, okay. I reside in okay. high park right. for quite a while, so... Uh, I'm used to the the, the frequent uh, uh, chaotic parking situations, but uh, nevertheless, it's customary. But I'm here on uh, the legendary WHBK, ready to rock and roll. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we 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 ergo and our little tagline is "Strong Young Voices," um, and really what that means is that we're trying to cover, um, in a sense, the the Chicago Renaissance that's been happening for the last five years, maybe almost a decade now. Um, and I think having you here really embodies that because it's easy just to focus on poets and rappers. Uh, but, you know, art in many platforms has been growing in this city. And I think your brand and what you guys have been doing really shows um, kind of the cohesiveness of, of artistry and culture that's been going on in our city. So thank you for being here, first and foremost. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, we make our own. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we do our own applause. In they're, here. they're clapping at home for you. It's just I know you can't hear, but that's what's happening. Um, so you said you stay in Hyde Park now. Where, uh, where in the city are you from? Where'd you grow up? So I, I was born and raised in the Inglewood part okay. of, uh, of Chicago. Um, you know, taking it back, and you know, I, I know we're going to speak about the Emmett Till film later, and I'll, I'll kind of allude to that at that particular time. But uh, my grandparents came from Mississippi to Chicago and one, were one of the first black families in Inglewood. Mm -hmm. And so I, I grew up in the, uh, in the same house, uh, 61st and Justine um, in Inglewood. And, you know, then from there, transitioned to Florida and came back to Chicago. So south side of Chicago. When did you go down to Florida? What, what, what was that? I went down to, uh, I mean, to school. Okay. To, to Florida oh, A&M University. Okay, where, yeah, where, where. FAMU. Uh, down there and then came back up here to Hyatt Park. You survived so. the alligators, you made it back safely. That's good. <laughs> Actually, there, uh, I, I never saw an alligator. It was like uh, further south, Orlando and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. So, never saw any alligators. So. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad you made it back up. <laughs> so, instrumental uh, has been one, probably not one of, probably my favorite. Um, Streetwear. I don't know what 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 phrase or what yeah, title are you comfortable <laughs> with? That's why I stopped before I even said it. I knew that. No, nah, it, it, it's Would cool. you call it a, a, a 
is it a brand? I, I, is it a street? I just, I'll just say a, a brand. Line? I, okay. I never, I never really liked the the name or, or title streetwear or urban or uh, from from our brand or really even urban. Yeah. And, and so uh, while it, you know, it fits into that category, so to speak, um, I never referred to myself as a a streetwear brand or an urban brand because one of the things, uh, you know, kind of within the mission statement when I first initiated the brand was to uh, kind of stay away from urban because right. um, I didn't want to be boxed into what's considered urban or what's considered street. I mean, what I represent uh, is not street, uh, you know, kind of in a, in a sense or, or the definition as I, as I define street. So I, I never really did like the name streetwear. So I just, you know, uh, just the brand. I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we clarified brand. that. So the brand, um, <laughs> at what point did you know that that is what you wanted to do, getting into fashion, getting into design? How did that start? Did you did you sketch as a kid? Did you did you sew any of those things? When when did that like first click in you? Uh, I did a I did a lot of frequent sketching as a kid. I used to tag uh, back in the day. Um, you know, I was I was fully uh, engrossed in the b boy elements, uh, MCing, uh, you know, tagging slash graffiti, breaking. You know, all of that, you know, watching Beach Street up teen times to, to learn the different moves and and whatnot. So, it, it, which was a little bit harder to do back in the day. Now you just upload, upload a, a YouTube video and, and get it cracking. So, um, so I was engaged in the elements early. The the T-shirt line or the or the want to to um, start a line really began in, in high school. I actually had the rap minor size who could hip hop concept high in high too. school. I went to high school at Kankakee High School. So my okay. my mother, yeah, I didn't go to high school in the city. I was supposed to go to Lynn Bloom. Mother ended up getting a job out in Kankakee and, you know, uh, suffered, know how suffered for four years. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, but anyway, so, and, you know, again, then went to college and family and came back up here. Uh, so I really had that concept in high school, but, I mean, I didn't have any money right. to, to fund the line. The resources back then aren't like the resources now. Uh, not only from a, a shop standpoint, but just from a printing standpoint, from a marketing standpoint with social media. Right. So, I, you know, you know, cats like me didn't really have that outlet at that particular time. So uh, in college, you know, one of the things that I always wanted to do, I always like to express myself differently, uh, whether that be from a communication standpoint, vocally, uh, from a written standpoint. You know, I used to MC back in the day. I used to DJ, mm-hmm. used to write poetry, spit what poetry. Was your, what was your rap name? Uh, it was, you know what? I'm a little embarrassed to say it. I had a, um, I had two rap names. One was Loke and, mm. and, and one was Drew Nami. And I, I kind of oh, hated Drew, that name, Drew but Nami. it, <laughs> but it, it stuck with me. And I, they, Loke, cause it my, the, wave. the father side of my family, um, are, is from Compton, California, South Central oh, LA. Okay. So, uh, I used to go out there and, you know, you pick up the, the language and colloquialisms, if you will. And they used to say Loke. So I used to, you know, what up Loke? What up Loke? That'd be like and, a top rapper Chicago, folks be, Yeah. What's up, Joe? So. <laughs> Um, so that was one of my nicknames. So I took that up. So, so yeah, y'all go ahead. And, and so that's really where you know I wanted to. Ex- so I wanted to express myself differently from the shirts that I wore. So I used to search brands, and that not only had a dope piece, but that kind of you know represented what you know some of the things that I like to speak about or what have you. So if it was a dope Malcolm T, dope Martin T. Um, that's what I liked. And then I just came to the point like, well, I can do this myself. In combination with, I saw a lot of people, I saw a lot of vultures, if you were culture vultures, right. who weren't necessarily a part of the culture um, or true to the culture or grew up in the culture. And I was like, no, nah, enough is enough. I, I came out of that element. 
out of the rap monetizing with hip hop element. So let me put out a brand and hopefully those same individuals, you know, will support, uh, you know, my mission, if you will. Talk a little bit more about that. Um, that uh, disdain or that that anger at seeing what you call and what a lot of people would view as culture vultures. Like, what were the indications when you saw it and you were like, nah, like, I can't be about that. Like, this is a problem. What were you seeing that made you feel that way? You know, I, I saw a lot of brands. I, I mean, call them really? out, man. We sent <laughs> shots, call, man. Call what them up? out. <laughs> no, I just. Uh, look, who was, it, the, it's, who it's, was it's, the vanilla ice of the, of the day? No, it's, it's really too many to name. We'll be here all day. But I saw a lot of brands putting Malcolm on the team, oh, like cute. Martin on the team. I'm like, come on, like you, yeah, you don't died. even embrace, you don't even yeah. know what Malcolm X stood for. You don't know what uh, Fela stood for. Or it's like when when people were putting out Che Guevara tees, and, and I would ask people, well, who is that? Right. And well, I, you know, I, I, so you don't even know the history behind the individual that you're in a sense uh, exploiting or making money off of. And, right. and so that frustrated me to a sense. And so being that I kind of came out of that element, I mean, my, my mother and, and father were kind of real involved with, well, I'm not going to say kind of, they were, they were heavily involved with the movement and um, uncles and what have you. So, uh, you know, she started the first black union at Illinois State University. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my father, born and raised in, in Compton, California, now Central L.A., uh, South Central L.A., he's really involved with the US organization, which um, uh, is Malana uh, Karinga's organization. He founded Kwanzaa. Right. And so I would have I would get the culture from her, her introducing me to Malcolm and, and telling me about Emmett Till, Harriet Tubman, Ida B. Wells, so forth and so on in Chicago. But then you had. So you had that aspect in the street element and same work with County California. We would we would be at the South Central um, African-American Culture Center in L.A. And so we would get learn about Marcus Garvey and uh, Denmark Vesey, so forth and so on, so long, so forth and so on. But then at the same time, we would go to the next room and see Bloods and Crips boot dancing mm. and which was crazy in a sense. And so you had I don't want to say the, the best of both worlds, but instrumental kind of grew out of that, um, if you will. So hip hop the culture and and whatnot so let's go back before you start looking around let's go back to when you're really little before you're even picking what pieces you're gonna wear for yourself how did your parents dress you when you were like mad you know, <laughs> are your parents fly you're saying yeah. they kind of um, with the movement but they were they fresh too you know i really didn't really critique their dress or analyze <laughs> their dress now um you know, my, my father still to this day rocks dashikis. Okay. Um, okay. And, and now it's kind of like become a fad, but no, they, we've been rocking, oh, yeah, yeah, dashikis. Um, boobas, if you will. Um, you know, Europeans kind of call them dashikis, but, they, you know, it is what it is. And and my mother, uh, she, she's kind of toned down. She's kind of toned down a little bit. She was real heavily involved. Used to write for Black Books Bulletin mm. of a Hockey Mata Booty and whatnot back in the day. It was real involved. She's kind of toned down, so her her uh, uh, African repertoire, if you will, it's not as frequent as as it used to be. Although you know, both of them rock froze for a long, long time. Uh, I hope she's not listening; she should be embarrassed. But we're actually going to put uh, pictures up on your Twitter page, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. So it it really, really just kind of learning about the culture and wanting to be different, and that aspect that translated into how I talked, how I dressed, and everything. So it really wasn't looking uh, at them. Um, it was more so kind of looking at, uh, you know, movies and, and you know, uh, if we take it back to Dapper Dan Harlem and, and different individuals in Chicago, in New York, on the West Coast, expressing themselves differently through dress. I just didn't want to look like anybody, everybody else. That's that's my main thing. And and so that's uh, what inspired me from an individual standpoint and what inspires the creations from the line. All right. Well, uh, we're going to try to 
play a song. We was having technical difficulties on the on the intro, but hopefully we figured that out. You think so? You think so, Kiss? You think we'll find out? We're about to take this. (laughs) We'll take this shot. But I left, and I'm really, really happy uh, to be back home. So we're gonna play the homie Lupe Fiasco. Go, go, gadget flow. Genesis, RG ball on the board, soundtrack on the track, Gemini on the job, Shelly G on the G, set green for the green free chair, and I'm back on my thing for the listeners, sis. What you are about to, to witness, sis? New, new, valuable album, too. You ready for the ghetto, get the images? From the M-A-D-I to the S to the O-N, pull in to get your open. Move like a nigga supposed to get the dough and the go with the flow that I'm holding. I got my City on my back, so I'm back on my grizzly like a bearskin rug. Plus, I'm laying on the floor, blaming on the gold. Little rapper turned it after because I'm very plug. I convert, I can work anywhere in the world. You can ask my brother, hug. He'll concur that I'm searched with the words to the man up above. Thank you very much. That I got what I got, and I'm at where I'm at. Like an A in a circle, what a pay little circle. What they say when they see your G from the F to the F would be amazing. Verbals are they racing a circle like they racing a gerbil. I'm racing a circle like I'm raising a horse. So I'm raising a horse. So they racing in place and racing a cage. I'm racing a course. Course. That case in the court did not defer the dream. I am still a raisin in the sun. Raging against the machine From the M-A-D-I to the S to the O-N Pull in to get your open Moving like a nigga supposed to get the dough When it go with the flow that I'm holding I got my Jeans, little rap, it's sack, A's in mouth. I love my mama in the rhyme and then she raised me off. The 80s, baby, on fire like safety off. Got my hood riding high, since 28. Off of everything, I smoke like an 84. And they in love with him, and I'm in love with them. And we'll never ride dubs again, and we won't. Trying to get a butter rim, a little too short to dunk, so we don't. From the M A D I to the S to the O N, poke in to get your O P N. Move like a nigga supposed to get your dough when it go with the flow that I'm holding. Go, 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 I'm from a city in the Midwest, best city in the whole wide, wide world. Hey, city in the whole wide world. Hey, city in the whole wide world. Hey, I'm from a city in the Midwest, best city in the whole wide, wide world. Hey, city in the whole wide world. Hey, city
Lupe Fiasco. Glad to listen to that back in the land. It was I was missing home. Uh, and Lupe has been a long time kind of advocate or ambassador, or there's been a connection between the brand almost since the jump. How did how did that come about, or, or what is y'all relationship like, and when did y'all meet? Man, L- Lupe is is definitely not sound cliche, but uh, a good homie uh, of mine. Word. And we connected. Uh, when did Kick Push? I'm normally good with hip hop history. Oh five, oh four. Yeah, we we connected like a year before Kick Push, 2004, and, and actually, um, and I say this, and I, this is a factual statement. I was the first person he played Kick Push for. Oh wow! Uh, we we were in a, a parking lot. So how many the, bars do you tell that story yet? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually only the second time that I, I've told that story. Oh, that's an exclusive. Yeah. Okay, but, that's but love, he was that's the history. first person that I played Kick Push he, that he played Kick Push for, and I remember taking a look at him, <laughs> like, wait, this is a skateboard track. Like right. you 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 get down with the boards like that. So I know he had a fascination kind of with um the the skater life and 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 with you know kung fu. His his father was a, a master uh, karate teacher and whatnot. And so I know he had a fascination with that, but for his first track to be kind of dedicated to that skateboard lifestyle, I mean, yeah. it kind of took me aback a little bit. Dope track, not to take anything away from him, but I, I remember, you know, kind of leaning over sideways, like, for real? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so so we we go way back and, and really we were introduced um, uh, by my homie Success, who's now with Atlantic Records. Uh, he worked with uh, Needles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Needles who actually so production yeah. right right so Needles in, in the uh, early part did some production and so Needles sent Needle, Needles was in Harlem at the time sent me the track to give to Lupe so I met Lupe and Chili Chill uh, yeah. uh, free chili right free chili no doubt um, and so from there we end up doing the the logo for first and fifteenth uh, oh, wow, at the time one y'all. of the yeah one Ooh. of the first logos uh, that we did. And um, it's a funny story with me chilling, Lupe, but I, no, I, no, I can't, I can't tell that on the air. No, I can't really tell that on no, the air. No, no, no. I can't, I can't, I can't tell that on the air. So, um, so pretty much from there, right, I was real big in the sneaker collections. I, I was real good friends uh, with, with Just Plays at the time, Skein Dollar. And so I used to collect sneakers. Um, some back when Don C had vintagejerseys.com and whatnot. So I used to connect sneakers. Um, and I used to go with a bag, a duffel bag full to New York and go to Baseline Studios and sell them to Just Plain Skane, Dollar, DJ Clue, so forth and so oh, on. It was a hustle. And, and so, yeah. Oh, and so I would do the same thing for Lupe. So when he used to do interviews, he's just like, yeah, my, my man Drew, who's a reseller. And I'm like, ah, well, I'm not really a reseller back in the day. <laughs> and so that's how the relationship kind of forged through sneaker collections. And um, he used to hit me from New York. All right, I'm in this store. What should I buy? Should I buy this dunk? So forth and so on. And also the music and the and the friendship has pretty just maintained throughout that time because we share the same interests. Yeah. So you're uh, you're moving mm-hmm. like crazy back. That's we're talking '05, right? Yeah. You're back and forth absolutely. to New York. You're going into rooms with Just Blaze and selling sneakers. Like, how did you start building? Like, even if it wasn't to the outside world, like a sense of momentum, being like. I can move in this world. This is a world that feels comfortable to me. Really at that particular time, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're all the same. We're all the same individuals. So I've never been, been starstruck. Um, you know, so, you know, you see, so, so you're happy for individuals that you know who have kind of elevated th- yeah. themselves, uh, not only in Chicago, but in the world, but, at the end of the day, you know, we're we're all the same people. I, I mean, I remember, you know, when Kanye, you know, being in Don C's apartment in the South Loop 
and a stack of uh, Get Well Soon mixtapes by, by Kanye on mm-hmm. the ping pong table. You know, watch a game to the, at the finals with that Philly was playing L.A. Oh, man. And so just to, uh-huh. yeah, taking, taking it back, it back. So, to, wow. to see, so to see <laughs> yeah, just kind of yay in, in that simple sense, Don in that simple sense, um, Lupe in a simple sense, uh, Hebrew in, in that simple right. sense, right. and to watch them elevate, I mean, we're all, you know, ordinary people it's, trying it's, to live out our dreams. It's funny now that I'm listening to you kind of tell these stories and, and that connection. I think um, my generation, you know, kind of the, the 25, 24 and under crowd, are a little bit arrogant and thinking that like we are the creators of this renaissance. But just it's kind of crystallizing now that that is when it started. That is that is the era. Like before that, before the, the, the Kanye and the Don C and the, and the Lupe, Chicago wasn't really on the map as a as a cultural hub, specifically in the hip hop sense. Um, so seeing kind of the beginning, uh, at, at what point did you like decide that you were going to put your stamp in an official way and like the, the idea of instrumental come about? Actually, in 2007, when when I uh, formulated the brand, okay. uh, 2008 it it, uh, it was you know the brand became official. But actually, in 2007 and 2008, I said, you know what? Excuse me, I'm pretty. I, you know, I have the connections, and so let me you know proceed or, or go forth in that element. So really, 2007, 2008, I'm like, okay, let me let me try to put my brand out there. Now, with that said, because the brand contains more cultural and revolutionary elements. I knew the the mass, you know, not the mass is like only a certain type of customer would appreciate, right. you know, me putting, you know, the Chicago Police Department killed Fred Hampton or the Revenge of Emmett Till. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's so it's been kind of difficult in that sense. But I knew that coming in that that would be a, 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 a task or a hunt that I would have to get over. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the interesting questions I think that comes with the work you've done is like basically who are are there examples before you that you were looking to for brands who had done that kind of work and had linked it with messaging that was that kind of clear and subversive and explicit for someone to make that statement on their shirt great question actually one of the companies slash brands that really helped me out uh, was Digital Gravel Digital Gravel uh, started out in New York, went to L.A. to the West Coast, and then went back to New York. And, and the homie, shout out to the homie Nima Neems. This was before Karma Loop. Mm. This was before, uh, and they were selling uh, primarily local brands out of the uh, the West Coast and East Coast area on their site. And they were one of the first sites to do that. And so Nima really inspired me to get involved with that. So you had brands such as Nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um LRG, in a sense, Lifted Research Group. Uh, You know, I was influenced by them. Then there were some smaller brands out of New York, uh, actually from a, they used to be sold in a store called House Anubian in in New York, more uh, cultural slash revolutionary type tees. And how were you learning about brands like that and spaces like that from here? Because, you know, pre-internet or beginning of internet uh, cultural exchange, like this city is in some ways isolated, just like anywhere is. Yeah, well, I, you know, I definitely give respect to to the individuals, particularly in Chicago, who came before me. So when I wanted to start out, uh, I, you know, I reached out to, you know, the Dave Jeffs and Corey Gilkey's of the yeah, world. Dave right. Jeffs, shout out to Dave Jeff from Fly, uh, Corey Gilkey from Leaders. Right. And, you know, I asked them, like, how, you know, how do I get started? Uh, how do I get, you know, and then even from a business standpoint, which a lot of, I think a lot of the shorties miss, 
how do I, you know, make it legit from a business standpoint? How do I protect, you know, phrases such as rap minus lies with hip hop right. and whatnot? Because again, you have a lot of vultures out here. So, um, you know, speaking with Vail from Success, VDOT, uh, but but if I, I mean, Corey Gilkey and Dave Jeff, you know, helped me tremendously, even, you know, you know, kind of building with, with Zoe from, from Fashion Geek. And so, you know, I, I saw individuals who are already doing it from my city, from Chicago. And so, you know, kind of reached out to them uh, for advice. And and so I took that advice along with kind of like the bumps and bruises and hills and valleys that I went to. And I, I used that. So for when individuals, you know, in high school or college come to me and say, OK, well, you know, I want to start a brand. What advice do you give? I can use my experience uh, and what, you know, the, the kind of elders, if you will, taught me and you know, speak forth. Uh, that's love. That's love. So I just want to I just want to take a moment for everybody listening to make sure they they know what's going because I'm sure people have probably interacted or, or experienced instrumental without even realizing it. So this is WHPK Ergo Radio 88.5. What up? And we're here with Drew of Instrumental. So just to list some of the important shirts that you've had or or not even it's more than just shirts and messages. The, the rap minus lies equals hip hop is instrumental. The always remembering with all all of the list of all the fallen soldiers. Um, pigs eat donuts. Um, and then I think probably most importantly is the, the Chicago Police Department killed Fred Hampton. And then you also use that template for uh, Dominique Franklin, which uh, was very personal to me as an artist and organizer. And, and Damo's legacy being something that we are galvanizing around right now. Right. So first of all, I just want to say thank you for all of those because uh, those are very, very important. Um, and, and could you see yourself, you know, as you're kind of getting pulled towards that in this like Black Lives Matter era and this uh, police accountability era? Could you see, you know, a Rakia Boy shirt or a Rashad McIntyre shirt? Or is that something you would be almost hesitant um, to overdo? I, you know, I'm hesitant to do that because one of the things with my shirts, I'm, uh, I try to be proactive and not reactionary. Like people will call me and say, well, do a Trayvon Martin shirt or, or do a Mike Brown shirt. Like, no, nah, yeah. like we I, I've been doing shirts like this. <laughs> like I didn't I didn't need uh, I don't need for someone to die in a chokehold or uh, die in the back of a police car for me to do a shirt. Uh, Chicago Police Department killed Fred Hampton. Pigs eat donuts. Uh, all that was like 2009, 2010. And, and so. And I did two verses of Pixie Donuts. Uh, and so because that's just me, it's not I, I don't I don't wait for current events to to actually do a shirt. Now, I might pay homage to, you know, individuals such as Biggie or, or Big L or something like that with the Always Remember shirt influenced by Freestyle back in 97 or High 97 with Karis One in Common. So I might pay homage. But as far as like in, in the light of recent events, I'll you know, I'll never do a shirt like that. And if I do. It'll have to literally like come from the family, and all proceeds would go to right. them. So. I mean, they're not you're not making souvenirs of tragedies. Like that's not the yeah. Point. I don't, and yeah. that's that's not really to knock anybody who does, but but let's knock people who do. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, you should you shouldn't be you should reactionary, be and if you don't tragedy. feel that way, um, don't do it. Like if it right. did, did, did what you see with instrumental, like that's me, hip hip hop and the culture and the revolutionary element. So when Ethan. Rick and Malcolm reached out to me to do the Dominique Franklin joint. That's right up my alley. All guests, all past and, guests on the show, by the way, right yeah, there. Shout out we to the homies. We've had all three. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. No, uh, righteous crew there. So uh, that that's all me. So it's I, I don't um, 
you know, I don't do it for marketing purposes or, or to gain more customers or because it's a fad. I, one of the phrase, pieces of phraseology that I use is invasion, invasion of the situation of revolutionaries. So you have a lot of people that are Say that hopping, time, so that invasion is. of the situ, invasion of the situational revolutionaries. Invasion of the situation. In other words, you have individuals who are slaves to the moment or slaves to the situation. So it's cool to say I can't breathe. It's cool to say Black Lives Matter, Free but have, you know, you you should have been engaged in that. Long before a Trayvon Martin, or dare I say, uh, a Eric Gardner, um, if that if that's really what you're about, and so you have a lot of cats, and, and I'm gonna use the old school term, you have a lot of cats faking jacks out mm. here, and I <laughs> see it all the time, and, and it disgusts me, and they know who they are, but it's like let's keep it real. If if you're gonna talk, like I see gangster rappers, and I'll say this, I see, I, I see a lot of gangster rappers in Chicago, they're hopping on mixtapes, or meeting with Farrakhan, or doing this like. But what does your music represent? Your music mm -hmm. is not in a line with that. So you just need to stop it. But there's also moments of basically, for lack of a better term, when like a lot of people get woke. Like you could have someone who has a history of that. And then all of a sudden things kind of crystallize. And that's part of the idea. I would think of the awareness and making statements that are kind of jarring on a shirt or in your music or whatever that might bring people to a moment of awareness. No, that, that's true. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I look at a cat like David Banner. Mm. Um, and kind of like yeah. how he's evolved, you know. Definitely. He he made the yeah. I met, I met uh, him in front that, of you know the, the week after it happened. A word, so, yeah. yeah so David Banner was you know pretty much you know pimps up, right. you know blank down yeah. and, and and engaged in that type of music, and it's pretty much transformed. So now his platform, kind of Killer Mike, did the same thing mm -hmm. in a sense, right. and so now it's a more righteous message they're, in they're a more sense. Like and Talib they're, than and they're, else. yeah, and so you know Talib lyrics stick to rib, and so with that. Uh, it's but you have to be consistent with it. So if you're going to speak righteousness, if you're going to talk about Sandra Bland, if you're going to talk about Boyd or Gardner or Diallo, like you have to be consistent. So that's that's all I ask. So not to play devil's advocate too much, but I'm thinking <laughs> about some of the people whose voices have been the strongest, specifically Pac in this situation, of being someone who might not have always had consistent messaging. Or, you know, even the organizers and activists and artists who we elevate you know, now po posthumously might not have had consistent messaging their whole life because they were humans and they did different things and they had flaws. And so it's like not everyone, I don't know, it's the difference between a person and a brand, right? You want your brand messaging to be consistent, but as a person, when we talked with Malcolm about this, like the importance as a leader of showing your flaws, right? And being open to that. I don't know. I know that's a Right, going right against what you just said, but it's just something I'm Wait, thinking. Wait, what, <laughs> what did Michael say? Malcolm, so, Malcolm was talking about how, like, as someone who... Malcolm people, London, Malcolm, not Malcolm X. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, just, right. just to make sure we clear that up. <laughs> when we had Malcolm X on the show a few weeks right, right. Um No, but Malcolm London was talking about how, like, as a leader, or as someone who people look to, he doesn't want them to only see him at the front of a protest or, you know, with the loudest voice. He wants them to also see him turning up or also see him, like making mistakes or also see him as a, as a real person because it makes it easier to connect with and easier to access. And, and that's true. Um, as an individual, you know, you just have to be yourself. But, but one of the things, and this is just really not in contradiction with Malcolm saying, because I get the point that, that he was getting at with that. You have, if, if you portray a certain message, particularly if you're involved with a, a movement such as the movement that Malcolm is involved with and Ethan and different individuals from around the world, your message will get lost if it's too much ratchetness, if you will. We all like that. Like I have a good, I like to have a good time. A lot of people are like, man, you seem so serious. You seem so serious. Well, 
I, I, yeah, in a sense, I need to be serious. Yeah. Um, however, at the same time, you're, you're again, your message can be lost if you're if it's too much clowning. Yeah. If, if you're not taking serious serious enough, I mean, in a sense, it's like a war of attrition. And so if you want individuals to take you seriously, particularly, I mean, one of the things about like Black Lives Matters, okay, it, 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 one of the things I say, so many, so many hashtags, so little legislation. So like, what's mm-hmm. the goal? What's the agenda? And if these are the goals and the agenda, and if you're trying to make a change, you need to be consistent with that and not just, you know, so reactionary um, because who's going to take you seriously? If it's righteous, righteousness, 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 righteous, righteousness, righteousness. I mean, nobody's going to take you seriously. So, yeah, one needs to see your flaws, um, but your message overall needs to be consistent. It's like Drake using a police brutality line to diss Meek Mill and, and, ooh, almost cursed. But you know what I'm saying? Like, But to, to try to look cool and like, oh, we talking about cops with your hands up, but you trying to harm us type joint, like... That seems inconsistent if all you're trying to do is is boost up your own self or your own brand or if your politics aren't in line with what you're trying to benefit from because it's hot. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I, You know, a lot of times I, I ask myself, are these rappers really, you know, about it? Because they have the platform. One of the things I speak to Lupe about, like, you guys have the platform <laughs> yeah. from a nationwide and worldwide standpoint to really speak that message. And so, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know Drake. I don't know how serious he is about that, but I know cats will want to sell records at the same time. And one of the things that, but one of the things on the opposite end that's kind of disappointing is you have a lot of individuals using uh, the Black Lives Matters or, or what's popular and whatnot in music because it's a it's a fad. You know, it's just like when the Eric Gardner situation happened and everybody talking about, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. You know, you got D-Rose wearing a shirt and I really wish D-Rose would have said something because uh, then it became like a fad and it became a cool thing to do and that marginalized the message and the, the message and it gives the false sense of uh, progress, if you will, mm-hmm. when, when things like that happen. I agree. So going back to the the balance of, I'm just I'm thinking about from a design perspective, um, it balancing really strong statements with things that you know can people can connect with easier. I mean, how how do you think about in the design of your shirts, like balancing making a statement and literally just like making an aesthetic that people will really mess with? Like, I think they work hand in hand. I don't think they're necessarily side by side or intention. But, you know, what do you tend to prioritize? Um, More so the message, but at the same time, you know, I want to be visually pleasing. Yeah. I want to make something. So I spend a lot of time, probably more time than I need to, with the fonts. How You know, what font should I use? How is that position on the shirt? Because I think the customer looks at that. But more so the message more than anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the Chicago, quick story, the Chicago Police Department killed Fred Hampton T., um, I actually met with Fred Hampton Jr. Okay. Uh, about that tea, and I received his blessings on that. But I had someone from his camp, um, like from the New Black Panther Party, was like, "How can you say that Lincoln and 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 uh, Malk or Lincoln and JFK were assassinated, but you won't say that Fred Hampton's assassinated?" And I'm like, "Killed, assassinated, uh-huh. murdered? Like, what difference does it make?" And he le- legit tried to, you know, Instagram beef, but. Um, legit, like tried to threaten me, and I had to come back, and we, you know, I had to call the peoples, and yeah. You know, uh, it's anyway. also harder to fit across, fit assassinate. Exactly, across and yeah. so, and that's what I told him. I'm like, well, really, if you go to my website, number one, I got the blessing from Fred Hampton Jr. So that's that's end of discussion. Point number two, um, just assassination didn't really fit right 
across it. And he was like, well, you should put chairman. Well, I know he's in the chairman. Read the bio. Read the bio. Mm-hmm. I tell the story of Fran Hampton on the website. Mm-hmm. It's like, read the bio. You're getting caught up in the wordplay. And so just different things I think about like that are with trying to build the pyramids or even with rap minus lives who could hip hop. Uh, that was a 13-year-old boy who wrote rap minus lives who could hip hop on a chalkboard. And so we took it. You know, from oh, that that's why and put it, that's why, yeah, tw- 12 other, I don't know. I mean. Where'd you, anyway. w- tell the story of that chair, because I think that's probably the, the design that people are most familiar with. Where did that come from? How did that come to you? Who was that kid? Yeah. If, if, if the, the uh, uh, kid by the name of Ryan, I can, this was so long ago. This was 07. Uh, but he was actually um, a cousin of one, you know, a good homie of mine and, okay. and wrote that on the chalkboard. And so because we, we wanted to just kind of be in that uh, rap minus high school hip hop element. So the, and you mentioned earlier about my two best sellers, the rap minus high school hip hop. And I always remember because a lot of people have meet me and say, oh, you don't want to do rap minus. You don't want to do this to you because I try to stay low key. Um, that came from a song called Time's Up by uh, O.C., a combination of that. I used to love her by uh, Common Sense and Step Into This World by Karis One. But really, you guys familiar with Time's Up? You yeah. like the minerals and vitamins, Iacin and the niacin. Ah, so I did, oh, okay. man. <laughs> but that, that entire... Um, those who pose lyrical but really gain true, I feel their times limited. That whole song, verses one and two, are essentially what inspired the rap minus lives with hip hop T. And uh, again, we talked about always remembering. And by the way, I own the phrase rap minus lives with hip hop since 2009. I've sent out 17 cease and desist letters wow. on that T. And then always remembering T, I've seen, truthfully, I've seen about 20, 20 plus else. different versions of that, but I can't own the the names. I can't right. own Tupac or Big right, Pun or anything right. like that. Um, the good thing is, though, with that, I've had, you know, I still talk to Biggie's daughter to this day. Uh, I've had Big L's people uh, contact me, uh, Big Pun's people, Freaky Ty's brother and oh, sister, wow. uh, MC Breed's daughter, uh, Lexi Breed. Uh, shout out to Lexi Breed and ATL and his um his wife, his former wife, hit me up about that team. Like, you know what? I appreciate you. That's Particularly in the case of MC Bree, because he doesn't get as much love yeah, yeah. as a Pum, Pac, or Biggie. And so I've kind of had them hit me up. So that's that's, that's thank you be enough. The, the so I see the No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, actually, um, Biggie's daughter is Tiana Wallace. And right. hopefully uh, we can, she put on Twitter like two years ago, but hopefully we're going to collab on that Always Remembering T with her brand, Notorious, okay. Notorious with two S's. So uh, that's what's up. hopefully that's but, something that comes uh, down. Before we get to a break, you touched on uh, things that like had relate to two questions that I want to ask you. Of all the artists that we've had up here, you are uh, probably the most um, official in terms of being a business. So like, how does that balance come into, because obviously they're great designs and, and they're, infectious as soon as you see something like rap minus lies equal hip hop. Uh, but it wouldn't be where it was if it wasn't for a business sense. So h- how does that come into play? And what was some like, what was kind of the, the number one lesson that you learned if somebody was coming up for advice uh, to kind of following your tradition? Number one, you, you want to get incorporated. Number one, number two, uh, you, you want to make sure that you're in line with Uncle Sam, um, you know, from a tax standpoint. Number three, and almost more importantly, you, you want to make sure that your economic situation can uh, handle or support your your product. Um, and so, you you know, you want to have some, some money behind you. You don't need a lot of money. I started instrumental with $750 okay. and used 500 that on the logo. And so you, you don't need a, a lot of money. Uh, you want to make sure that 
Um, you know, your marketing is supreme for the most part, and that could be hit or miss. You want to network as much as possible and, and stick with yourself. So those are just some of the um, that's just some of the advice that I give to, to individuals trying to start a brand. Because at the end of the day, I, I don't I'm just a, a regular individual. So I don't you know consider myself at the top of the totem pole. It's, right. it's brands doing much better than I am. Uh, but I have been able to stay somewhat relevant since 2008. And I have and, and you know. I, you know, I've actually thought about uh, just ending the branding and taking it in another direction. But the emails that I get and the love that I get from those customers who some of them who've been with me from the beginning makes it all worth it. So. Right, right. And then also real quick, you know, what, what probably uh, distinguishes you from like a, a poet or a musician uh, is that your work and your art is disembodied from you yourself as a person. Um, so, you know. A hundred thousand, or maybe probably even a million people, can be aware of your work, but not know your face going g- walking up and down the street. Is that something? It seems like that might be something you're comfortable with. Yeah, that with. that that happens or, often. Or I, is that is that weird? Is there sometimes you're like, man, I wish I, I had a little bit more, you know, respect. Got to make a T with my name on it, with my face <laughs> on it. I guess. And <laughs> I mean, in some sense, I'm a pretty low key individual. Uh, I, I, you know, I want the message to get out, like with the Emmett Till film. Like I've received a lot of love, but at the end of the day, it's about Emmett Till. It's really not uh, about me. Um, it's about like I want you know kids when they see the Fred Hampton see, um, okay, well who is Fred Hampton or who is Emmett Till and what was his story and Fred Hampton was twenty one so I can too get out here and, and make a change or if they look at a Chicago hate you okay what is you know Chicago hate you mean <laughs> um, or the things to make you smile or what never to doubt some of the more fun teas and. Um, or with the assassinates of assassination, the MLK and the, and the JFK and that series with Hebrew Brantley and, okay, you know, who is Hebrew Brantley and, you know, I might want to be an artist and, you know, so forth and so on with the Flyboy. And, you know, the bottom line is I just want, I want, I want to engage, you know, individuals in those type discussions uh, mentally, if you will, more so than anything, because I think if, if you have the, the right, uh, mental disposition, then that would show forth in your actions. So that's what a lot of times. What, Does what it I make it to harder to get into the club though? Because <laughs> if you rap, you know what I'm saying. They know, come on. Come no, on, I, yeah. you know, I, I really don't um, uh, do the clubs uh, uh, anymore. So. But yeah, we we gonna take a quick break. We are gonna get to a song. This is kind of a. It's not a throwback, but a few years old now, which is kind of old for our internet age. But uh, I actually met her at school. Kiss. We, me and Dan, went to college together. And okay. this uh, young lady by the name of Kalila from L.A., uh, she came through. You might have been abroad or something. Yeah. Uh, but this is one of her, my favorite songs from her. We got Kalila with Bankhead.
This is WHBK 88.5. You're listening to Ergo Radio. We are here with Drew from Instrumental. That was Kalila with Bankhead. Uh, new segment. It's actually the third time it's happened, but this is the first time as an official segment. Uh, we like controversy here. We trying to we trying to ruffle some feathers. So we got this new segment called Beef with an R and B singer. <laughs> you got to call out one R and B singer who who is invalid out here. Who you, we're taking shots. We starting beefs every week. Beef with R and B singer. What R and B singer you got beef with, Drew? I'm trying to think of somebody current. It don't uh, got to be as current. Soon, as soon as I <laughs> okay, I'm a, I'm a name an, an old school group who who just epitomized just. You know the sentiments for fake and, and debauchery, if you will. But I'm, a, I, I'm, you, you guys remember Millie Vanilli? Oh the yeah, whole, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So anybody, yeah, shots fired. Blame it on the rain and all that. Yeah. For those of Millie Vanilli, um, ha, they, they've done and you know taking it back to Vanilla Ice, even though he wasn't R and B. Uh, Vanilla Ice Platinum, that ridiculous. It's, you know, five dollar five dollar line yeah. off a of scenario remix, but. And you you have to be true. Again, it goes to you know being true, right. and so that story with Millie Vanilli, uh, you know the level of perpetration or you know being someone that you're not. You have, um, you know, some cats who have done that since then, and so anyone who doesn't represent their self, whether that's R and B or West rap, uh, you know, they fall into that Millie Vanilli category. So my beef is that's a great uh, everlasting everlasting beef with Millie yeah, Vanilli. That's everlasting. That's gonna be for the rest of your life. You're gonna carry that. <laughs> in your... So here's what we got so far. We got Christine. John Doe versus Christina Milian. <laughs> we got me <laughs> Damon versus R Kelly slash Add Two. I made Add Two get in there a little. And bit. He was very begrudging about it. He was not that interested. And then now we have Drew versus Millie Vanilli. Actually, I think at our first live event, we're just going to have like bare knuckle boxing between these matchups. <laughs> oh, so a transition that's never happened uh, in the history of the world. From Millie Vanilli, let's talk about this Emmett Till. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, you, it's, been, yeah. it's been referenced a lot uh, during, during the interview, and it's something from afar that looked really inspiring or something to be proud of. Um, and how, as you're explaining, also, how do you make the transition from fashion uh, to, to the film? But explain what The Revenge of Emmett Till was and is, how that came about, and uh, you know how it went. Well, I mean, it was it was pretty easy in a sense. I mean, you know, hip hop and film kind of go together. Whether you're talking about B Street mm-hmm. or a Wild Style, or you know, the current films paid discussing hip hop, yeah, mm-hmm. paid in full, and you know, the current films of today. And so, it, that that was some. You know, I always like to express myself via video, via the visual aspect. So it's just like, and he's coming on in a minute. The, the homie Allende, like with Giants with the pyramids. So yeah, okay, I see that on the shirt. But what does that mean? I can break it down to you in a post on Twitter, but let me give it to you visually from a poetic standpoint. And so, you know, taking it back, man, Hebrew came up with the concept. It was the third part of the assassination of assassination series called the revenge of Emmett Till in 2010. He wrote it, the visual for it, uh, 2003 as a shirt. Mm-hmm. So, uh, based on, um, a black, old black exploitation film called JD's revenge. Fast forward to 2013 Hebrew did we did a time lapse of the larger version of the painting number one, but at the same time I ran into Simeon Wright. Simeon Wright is the second cousin of Emmett Till, who Emmett Till went to visit in 1955. Okay. He was in the bed with him when the two white men came into the room wow. and told him to get his clothes on and subsequently, you know, murdered Emmett. So the story is told, it's kind of three parts. So the story is told, one is like a documentary of sorts, mixed in with a little hip-hop element, uh, through the eyes of Simeon Wright when Emmett got there. The times that, the, you know, the the scene at the store clearing that up with the white woman 
and then the aftermath of the murder and the trial. The second part is the painting and the interview with Hebrew and Lupe and discussing that, what it's meant by revenge, the legacy, the inspiration. And then the third part is me breaking down revenge from a personal standpoint and also a general standpoint. Uh, you know, revenge, not in a literal sense, but being a metaphor for the struggle, uh, invisible, invisible struggle uh, against justice no matter what color. So that, that in a sense, is the revenge of Emmett Till. So we screened it at Gene Siskel on uh, September 13th, kind of commemoration of the 60th anniversary of Emmett Till. He died uh, 8-28-1955. And okay. so we wanted to do something in that vein. And, and the main thing, you know, to show Emmett alive and, uh, you know, pay homage to not only what he he meant, but, you know, also what he did for the struggle. Um, and for the civil rights movement in a sense. So, so for, for people who uh, won't be able to make, didn't make the screening or won't be able to make any of the other screenings, how will they be able to see it? Or, or how will it, is there a distribution plan for it or anything? Or? Yeah. So it, it's, we're going to, we're, we're going to uh, take it from an educational standpoint. So we're, we're working uh, with some schools mm-hmm. to set up some curriculum now for 2016. Mm-hmm. That's one part. And then two, just setting up private screen. It's like a lot of a lot of people have hit me like, send me the link. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to send you the link. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a private screen. This is a professional film. You can't just have it for Yeah. I mean, I fund I funded the film by myself. I didn't want to do a Kickstarter or, or take a grant or donations or anything like that. So it's really a labor of love not to down any or excoriate anyone who does that. Um, but it's going to be showing at the Soho House uh, next. And then we have plans to show it at the DuSable Museum and also Chicago State University in conjunction with uh, high schools and universities. And then uh, we're working with some partners in, in ATL in New York to, to show the film as well. So that'll be towards the latter part of 2015 and then 2016. And then 2016 is when we're really going to attack the film fest and kind of let people know, like, that was a film we did before a lot of this stuff happened. It's not yeah. like Will Smith and, and Jay-Z executive oh, producing, right, right. meaning they're just funding the project, putting out a film. I think that's all reactionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only person I think, and he actually reached out to me on uh, Twitter, Keith Bouchamp, who was real instrumental, pun intended, <laughs> real instrumental in like when Emmett's mother was alive and, and you know seeking the second trial and justice for Emmett and also doing some early work on the documentary. So shout out to him. He was really inspiration and um, uh, provided the inspiration for us to do the film. He's doing a joint with Whoopi Goldberg. They're raising funds now okay, uh, for, for a story on Emmett. So word, word. we got to get Whoopi on here. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, we got to get everybody you mentioned up here, man. You have to be the plug. We need a uh, Hebrew, Lupe, Kanye, Don C. Hit, hit, can we get a lot? So I, I can't get, I, I can't get, yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> I'll, and I'll with you. One, how can I get on the list for the solo? I was screening. Two, I'm just messing with you put on the spot, but but two honestly, we didn't get to this. Where did the um, inspiration for the name come from? Where 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 did where, what inspired you to? Name Real talking, it's in the movie, so I give it away. Like Emmett's killers got paid to to protected by Double Jeopardy. They got paid to tell their story about how they killed Emmett Till, mm-hmm. and I just thought that was just so absurd, so asinine, right. so ridiculous that wait, I, I, got, I was, got a million dollars. Right. Yeah, I, I was. That you're paid to tell a story about how you kill somebody. So it's just. I mean, imagine if uh, George Zimmerman. And I, you really can't even compare. I mean, they walked into his house and yeah. took him, and it what you know. So, um. So so when I heard about that, like my mother told me about that, I'm like, no, nah, that's crazy, and so. Um, so that's pretty much where the concept came okay. from. I, 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 and I was um, that was good to hear. But I was actually the name instrumental. Where what was that inspiration from? It's it's simple. It's not even anything deep or anything like that. It's 
uh, you know, I used to DJ back in the day and I really liked instrumentals, whether that was jazz, jazz joints or hip hop instrumentals. And so I'm like, let me name the brand instrumental, uh, but also from a double meaning standpoint, one should be instrumental in whatever they do. So I wanted to be instrumental from how individuals looked at clothing, how individuals express themselves. Um, but whether you own a restaurant or whether you're a teacher or whatever you do, mentor, you want to be instrumental um, in something. You want to have some substance. You want to you know, have some meaning and, you know, kind of help elevate your friends, family, the culture or whatever you do. So. Okay, work. Well, I think it's about that time. Would you say, Kiss? I, I think so. It's time for the fan favor. So here at Ergo, we like to educate educate the people, specifically the youth, uh, and let them, let them know about the history and put you on the spot. Uh, so it's called Let Me School You, Youngin, where we play an old school joint, and uh, we see if you or anybody listening can uh, text or, or tweet in uh, if you know who it is and what's the name. So we're just going to go ahead and get to the So you want me to pick the track? No, I got the track. Oh, you got, I mean. You're on the spot. You got to listen. And when we come back, we got to see if you know. Oh, okay. Right? You right. might qualify to win some. We'll, we'll, we'll All see. Right. Let's go. All right. <laughs> No matter what you do And I Hope you understand me Every word I say is true Cause I love you Baby I'm thinking of you Trying to be more Of a man for you But we gonna see you through Cause I love you oh, 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 oh. Some men need lots of women <laughs> so so you think you uh you think you got it you think you know what it is nah, you, you as soon as it came on yeah nah um because i love you by lenny Williams. oh man yeah. man much love so uh does he qualify to win some kiss what's he qualify all right so here at whbk we got all kinds of great giveaways every month um unfortunately you haven't necessarily won it yet but you've qualified to win a uh chicago boat architecture sightseeing tour with stevie wonder yeah <laughs> so stay tuned and uh if we draw your name at the end of the month uh it'll be you and stevie just pointing at the tribute building crazy, crazy. so 
we always end with the on-air performance and true to your brand you collaborate so the new segment is called put the homies on so we have one of your homies who is actually one of my greatest homies out here Allende Carmen about to spit some introduce Allende and what's, what's about to go down I'm gonna be real quick because I want Allende to get on and, and tell him about himself I mean you, his name picked the homies on but he, he's already on yeah. so um but real quick uh, me and him go back uh, I heard him spit and the, the the vibe and the energy that he brings uh, is so dynamic. And so when I when I did Giants built the pyramids, um, I'm like I, I gotta have him spit Giants built the pyramids because I know from his background he's you know he already has the awareness on that yeah. mixed in you know with the vibe and the energy and the, and the poetic performance and and whatnot. I, as, uh, you know I said it'd be a perfect combination. So we did a series on that uh, and a video with. Uh, Emmanuel Camacho, yeah, who who directed the Revenge of Emmett Till. So I'm gonna let him get on the mic and uh and spit. So Ayende, right. welcome to the show. What's the uh, what's the name of the piece? The name of the piece is Giants Built the Pyramids. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> there you go. Um it's a it's an easy thing, easy thing to write about. Um so naturally I imagine giants <laughs> immediately um walking on the motherland. Uh so I'm gonna run a spawn. <clears throat> Giants built the pyramids. I'm following footsteps size of whole U.S. Me and my old friend. I just be chilling in his palm. Walk now to Atlantic before the sun dial our evening home. Craters in the Sahara after afternoon stroll. I got fresh water for Oasis meant to fill. These shoes I'm meant to fill. This trail I'm made to scale. Pharaoh in the beanstalk. Fairy tell the dust to settle. Ain't no magic. No conspiracy. What of miracle? While planets orbit these black faces. Moon lit above the mirror. What of possibility? What a reflection so endless. A darkness so infinite. Space so nameless. Tyrannosaurus fetching my morning papyrus. Large like we stump everywhere. Till we shrunk. Tree trunk to a stump left bare. Said it couldn't have been Africans. Must have been European. Must have been alien. Couldn't have been no African. Must have been some mountains, must have carved out of creation. Couldn't have been black brilliance. Permanent slave don't make permanent civilization. We couldn't be their children. Hologram glass ceiling. Our ancestors taught us forever. Told God it met its maker. Told Washington, watch your back. Spine of that dollar. Vision stories tall. Third Eiffel Tower. Plus a Paris power. All seeing power. Now thousands years larger. Taking media showers. Basking black stardom. Remember that it's ours. Remember that it's ours. Much love, man. I appreciate that. And we're definitely going to have you on here for your own full fledged range. Maybe you could put another homie on and let somebody oh, else yeah, yeah, spit yeah, a piece. Yeah. We could pay it forward. But, Drew, back back to the mic. We just want to thank you so much uh, for coming here. And and this was, I learned a lot. So I'm very grateful that you would bless us with your presence and with your knowledge and much success in the future. No, no. I definitely appreciate you guys putting me on. Um, second time at WHBK. I was on earlier with the, with the homie Pugs. Shout out to him. Um, and shout out to the show, Ergo Radio. So you guys, uh, every every Thursday, every Thursday, every Thursday at twelve and then p.m. Podcasted so all over the internet, here at worldwide. Absolutely. Uh, so if you listen, to definitely make sure you turn on the Ergo Radio uh, with Dan and Damon. How do folks stay tuned with what you're making and what you're doing? 
So the social media is all at instrumental. Just the word instrumental replaced the I with the E, E-N-S-T-R-U, mental. Uh, the website is www.enstru-mental.com. But if you go to Google and type in instrumental, you'll find it. So, you know, uh, let you know about the upcoming, uh, the Revenge of Emmett Till screenings, upcoming releases via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. and Stay up with Drew there. Stay up with us at Ergo Radio, ergoradio.com. Spread the word, send the link, put someone on. We'll be back next Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Dame, thanks for uh, hustling back from London, being here just in time. Man, it's love. I'm glad to be home. 88.5, much love.